the right podcast. Aqua Alex will be educating you, the new beginners, on everything you need to know so that you can have a successful aquarium. Fishkeeping 101 starts live next. My father was a drunk fish keeper that would go to the fish stores drunk and buy a lot of fish. He came home one day and said to my mother, We are getting more fish tanks. He came at me with the bulging fish eyes and says, Alex, you're entering the hobby and getting a fish tank. Mom yells and says, No. He says, Why so serious? That is how Aqua Alex got in the fish hobby. You're listening to the Aquatic Wetline, a tropical fish-keeping podcast hosted by 23-year-old fish keeper Aqua Alex Cardinal. For three years, we've provided you with quality tropical fish information, and we'll continue providing some information on freshwater and saltwater tropical fish. Let's dive down deep into the aquarium and chat fish. Live from his fish room is Aqua Alex. Aquatic Wetline is now live. Tonight, 
I present to you a new series here, exclusive to Aquatic Wetlands, be beneficial to both fish keepers and non-fish keepers who will want to enter the aquarium hobby. Every day, every month, and every year, more and more people are getting into the tropical fish hobby. If you don't believe me, just ask a Petco employee or the people at your local fish stores. My aimed audience and the audience I am shooting for with this series is the newbie and beginning hobbyists who know nothing about tropical fish. I would like to be able to provide them some helpful tips and information to make sure they start off the right way and avoid all any costly mistakes that most beginners make. So, current fish keeping enthusiasts, make sure that you have any new fish keepers or people that you know interested in entering the fish keeping hobby. Tune into this episode in this series of Aquatic Wetline. The name of this series is Fish Keepers 101 Beginner's Guide. It's also known as Fish Keeping 101 Beginner's Guide. This will be a series of shows with tips, tricks, information, and guide to being a successful aquarium hobbyist with occasional guests, good topics, etc. The tropical fish keeping hobby has been getting more popular over the last few years, and for good reasons. Fish tanks have been proven to be a great stress and high blood pressure reducer as the fish help soothe the mind and soul and make you feel calm and enjoy the water scenery. Many people enter the aquarium hobby from a family member who had a tank but no longer wanted it or they wanted a new pet. Movies like Finding Nemo and Finding Dory have also caused kids to want to rush out and get a fish tank to keep fish. However, not everyone who gets into the aquarium hobby will succeed because this hobby requires a lot of research and a lot of time. Most people fail because they add fish too fast or they get the wrong fish. For example, Finding Dory, Dory, a blue hippo tang, is a fish that even seasoned aquarists sometimes have a hard time keeping. Now, Fish Keeping 101 is going to be aimed towards beginners and is going to have helpful tips and information to make sure that the beginners succeed. And even the young beginners. I am proud to say that more and more children and young adults are getting into the aquarium hobby. I truly believe that the fish keeping hobby is one of the best hobbies for the younger generation because it teaches them responsibility, it keeps them off the streets doing illegal things, and it also requires a little bit of exercise when doing water changes, tank maintenance, and things like that. All right, so the very first topic here on Fish Keeping 101 is going to start from the beginning. My topic tonight is going to be planning your first aquarium, buying your first aquarium, and everything you need equipment-wise, and everything you need to know about setting up your first aquarium. Here is what's swimming in the aquarium today. Our agenda for the very first Fish Keeping 101 show. I'm going to talk about what to do before 
you get your first aquarium. I'll talk about where to buy your aquarium, and is it better to buy new or used. I'm going to give you some tips for purchasing aquarium. I'm going to give you some tips on equipment that is needed for your aquarium. I'm going to have a discussion on how to set up your aquarium. I'm going to talk about why research is important in the aquarium hobby. Finally, the last thing we're going to talk about tonight is my segment that will be on every uh, Fish Keeping 101 show, Aqua Alex's Things to Know as a Beginner. Enjoy the show, ladies and gentlemen, and make sure you listen to my information and advice loud and clear so that you can succeed. So, let's go ahead and get started. Let's start off with something important for a beginner and someone new to the aquarium hobby needs to know. So, we're going to start with my discussion on why you should enter the aquarium hobby. So, if you've been thinking about entering the aquarium hobby, but you haven't made a choice whether you are or whether you're not, I think it's. A, I think this is an easy choice. I'd say enter the aquarium hobby. Believe it or not, the aquarium hobby is not a difficult hobby. It's just a hobby that requires a little bit of time, a little bit of patience, and a little bit of respect for the fish when you take care of their water changes and feed them. The fish keeping hobby is not difficult at all. A lot of people can't keep fish. There are even young kids that have an aquarium. So there is, there is a, a lot of fun to be had when keeping a tropical fish tank. But I'm going to talk about why I recommend people to enter the aquarium hobby. Now, if you are a fan of art and you love artwork, like uh, Picasso artwork and all the other wonderful artists, well... You can create your own beautiful natural art. You can create nature art in your own home. How? Well, you could do that by getting an aquarium. You can do that by filling the aquarium with gravel or sand. You can add some nice decor. And then, of course, the colorful tropical fish that swim around the tank are going to add uh, a lot of nice colors. Then you can add some inverts and a nice light. And bam, you've got an underwater art world in your living room or whatever room you decide to put an aquarium in. And your fish tank is always going to be a show-stopping centerpiece of your home. A lot of people are going to talk about your fish tank if it is nice and well-kept and definitely uh, is something that a lot of people are are thinking of when they're thinking of something that's going to make their living room look nice is a fish tank. So if you love art, then consider this being an aquarium, being an underwater art world. And it's something that is really unique for a house. And I think uh, people with fish tanks have a lot more stress-free lives because the fish are soothing. Now, another reason why I think people should enter the aquarium hobby and family in, families in general is I think that aquariums teach responsibility to kids because with aquariums kids have to learn to feed the tropical fish take care of the water by checking the water parameters doing water changes and things of that nature so it really is something that's going to teach them to be more dependent and do things on their own and that way they'll have a much better 
success at life and much better future where they'll be able to take care of other pets, dogs, and someday even kids. So I think the aquarium hobby and fish tanks in general teach responsibility to kids. Now, tropical fish are interesting pets and are not as demanding as cats, dogs, etc. They're not as personable as dogs. You can't go bring them outside and play with them. But there are some fish that are quite personable. There are fish out there that do have a personality, like a betta, an Oscar, uh, a cichlid, etc. Um, but their personality is kept under the water in an aquarium. But that's not to say you can't have fun. There is a lot of different uh, species of fish that you can have fun with in an aquarium. I know for saltwater firsthand, puffer fish are awesome to feed, and also moray eels are awesome to feed in saltwater as well. And I always enjoy feeding my tropical fish because I like seeing them eat and have a lot of fun eating. So they are a lot easier to take care of. Uh, as far as compared to dogs and cats and mammals, they're one of the easiest fish to take care of, or excuse me, they're one of the easiest pets to take care of, because really all you got to do for tropical fish is uh, feed them, do water changes, make sure the water parameters are where they need to be, and also um, make sure that you have the proper equipment and things like that. Another reason why I think people should enter the aquarium hobby is the colorful fish and the colorful pets that are underwater. You have things like bettas, which are absolutely stunning, and you have things like glowfish, crayfish, shrimp, all sorts of unique, interesting uh, water life underwater that you can have in your very own home. Now, bettas can actually live in a five-gallon aquarium, which is small, and even a nano two-gallon aquarium. So if someone wanted to enter the aquarium a hobby starting off slow, I'd personally recommend that they get a two-gallon nano tank and get a betta and maybe some um, cord, small pygmy corridors cats or something of that particular nature. And like I said, fish are cheap but easy pets to care for. So those are the reasons why I think somebody should enter the aquarium hobby if they've been debating on it or not. All right, so now we're going to talk about what to do before getting your first aquarium. Well, one of the biggest things you need to do before buying an aquarium is research everything you can about the aquarium hobby. Get yourself acquainted with everything about the aquarium hobby. Research the different kinds of aquariums. These would include things like freshwater aquariums, saltwater aquariums, cichlids, community setups, etc. Make sure to research the different kinds of fish tanks that people are keeping. Also research the proper water conditions to fish food and get yourself acknowledged with everything in the aquarium hobby. My biggest tip for anyone entering the aquarium hobby is to do your research. You never want to get into the you never want to get into the aquarium hobby on impulse because that is how mistakes happen. And I can tell you when these huge mistakes happen, these people leave the hobby. And it's not particularly their fault because the employees at Petco 
and PetSmart and even Walmart won't um, tell these people that their tank needs to cycle and the proper way to cycle the aquarium and things like that. So it's partially to blame on the pet stores as well. I'd probably say about 85% of the blame should go to the pet stores. Um, they allow these people to buy a tank and fish the same day. And they allow the fish to go home with that owner who, is, who may be new to the aquarium hobby. And they add the fish to the tank and the fish eventually die from not having stable water conditions because the tank has yet to cycle. So I want all of my beginners listening to this show to avoid this mistake. Don't buy on impulse. Don't buy fish right away. Don't buy fish the same day that you're buying a fish tank because if you do, you're going to have a lot of mistakes. And these mistakes aren't going to be uh, mistakes that you can come back from. Because adding a fish to a tank the first day you get them, there's no bacteria in the tank. There's no beneficial bacteria that will support the fish's waste. So the fish is going to keep uh, creating waste. The waste is going to get toxic. There's going to be high ammonia in the water. And eventually the high ammonia is going to lead to your fish dying. We don't want that to happen. All right? So make sure that you research, research everything. Now, like I said, people go out um, on impulse. They buy an aquarium and a fish the same day, and they listen to the employee help them with the equipment. Then they get home, add the fish to the newly unestablished tank, and add more fish, and then the fish only die one by one, and the person feels sad and frustrated. So to avoid you from making the same mistake that others have made, Google everything you need to know about keeping an aquarium. There are thousands of websites and tons and tons of information out there. I promise you, by researching, your chance of succeeding goes up at least 25%. So always, always, always research. The moment you decide that you want an aquarium, research. Research everything you can about the aquarium hobby. Use Google. Google is your best friend, ladies and gentlemen. If you're seriously thinking about entering the aquarium hobby, use Google and research everything that you can. Because you want to know as much as you can before you enter the aquarium hobby so that you will not fail like the other people that do. So, once you decide that you and your family are going to want an an aquarium and are going to be getting an aquarium, begin doing your research. Like I said, do research on Google. Join Facebook fish keeping groups. And yes, there are some great Facebook fish keeping groups out there, especially suited towards beginners. There's a group on Facebook called Fish and Aquarium Discussion Group that's run by a guy that I know. He's a very nice guy, and he's knowledgeable. He's got a lot of knowledgeable members on there as well. I really recommend beginners to go on Facebook and find tropical fish keeping groups. Join those groups because 99% of the time there are some knowledgeable Uh, members on those fish groups that are always willing to help the beginners. Now, there are going to be some bad ones sometimes. There's bad people in everything we do. But a majority of the Facebook groups have uh, experienced hobbyists 
who are going to help you succeed as a beginner. So if you're looking for a Facebook uh, fish group to join, you've got Fish and Aquarium Discussion Group, you've got Here for the Fins, you've got Little Egypt Aquarium Club, you've got Freshwater uh, Fish Freaks, Freshwater Saltwater Reef and Cichlid uh, Discussion Group, and you've got Tropical Fish Keepers of Aquatic Wetline, just to name a few. There are a lot of Facebook groups out there that you can join. So ask questions on those Facebook fish groups. Also, one of the brightest ideas and one of the smartest things you can do is go to your local mom and pop fish stores. I'm talking about fish stores that are independently owned, owned by fish keepers that love the hobby and that are passionate about the hobby. You know, like stores that are owned um, by people, citizens, those kinds of stores. You want to go to a local mom and pop aquarium shop because 99.9% of the time they know everything about the hobby because they're selling things from the hobby. So it's really important and I think it's very smart to go to your local mom and pop fish stores, take a look at their aquariums and their fish and begin asking questions. Believe it or not, the fish store owners have a ton of knowledge. And the local mom-and-pop store owners hire only experienced hobbyists or fish lovers, so they will be able to help you along the way. My local fish store, School of Fish, Inc., has helped many people into the hobby, such to an extent that many new fish keepers have went straight to a reef tank with success. So I always, always recommend beginners that are just getting started in the aquarium hobby, go to your fish store and speak to the owners of the fish store or the employees. Ask questions, and they'll give you the information and the advice that you need. And once you get the information, you'll be smarter, you'll get more information, and you keep keep going back there for more information. Then you're going to form a bond with the owner, and the owner of the fish store is going to know you, and he's going to take care of you, you buy is going to tell you how to take care of the fish, etc. Because remember, store owners are people too. So if you um, want to be very successful in the aquarium hobby, I would uh, recommend doing research on Google. I'd recommend joining Facebook fish groups to your local mom and pop fish stores and asking the owners uh, questions and getting as knowledgeable as you can. Now, folks, remember this. No question is not a dumb question. There are no questions that are stupid. There's no dumb questions. The only way there is a dumb question is if you ask a question at all. Then that is a dumb question. If you have a question about the fish keeping hobby, ask it. Don't be afraid to ask it. People are going to be willing to help you because you're new at the fish keeping hobby. So, if you ever, ever have a question, ask it. Now, I must tell the beginners out there, even experienced experienced aquarists have questions. I myself have been in the fish keeping hobby for 12 years, and I still have questions. So, everybody in the aquarium hobby has questions. So, don't feel bad or stupid about asking a question. All your questions are understandable because you are new to the aquarium hobby. So don't feel uh, bad about asking questions. 
ask questions and get as much knowledge as you can. I can't stress the importance of researching, uh, joining Facebook fish groups, and meeting uh, experienced aquarists and um, asking the local fish store questions because as you do that, you're getting knowledge more and more along the way. Whether you know it or not, you're getting knowledge from doing all that thing, and that's going to help you in the end. That's going to help you at the end of the day. Now, after you have done your research and found out about the equipment in the aquarium hobby, fish food, water maintenance, and everything you can, you can begin going to the local fish stores and pet stores if you haven't already and begin looking at the fish. Now, this is only after you have researched everything about the aquarium hobby. You found out that there's equipment involved, fish food involved, water changes and maintenance, things like that. Then you can go to the fish store and pet stores and begin looking at the fish. Now, for beginners, I recommend bringing a notepad or send an email to yourself via phone with the name of the fish that you and your kids and your family like. I always recommend people, if you see a fish that you like at the fish store and it's labeled with a name, write down that name and head home and research that fish. Because it will tell you everything you need to know about that fish. You will learn the size that they reach as adults. You'll learn about their care, their aggression levels, etc. Then you'll be able to figure out what size tank you will need and a tank mates that you can have with um, your fish that you are interested in getting. So uh, once you've done your research and everything, head to your local fish stores and see what fish they have. And then eventually you can write down the fish's names that you're interested in and they'll be able to, you'll be able to research those fish and see if they are right fish for you. So with the help of Dr. Foster and Smith, it's time to discuss things to know before getting your first aquarium. Some of these things that I say, I mean, some of the things that Dr. Foster and Smith say I agree with and some of the things I disagree with. So um, it's about 50-50. 50% of the things Dr. Foster and Smith say I agree with and another 50% I disagree with. But there is some very good information on Dr. Foster and Smith's website. So that's why I'm going to use it on today's show. Your first consideration should be whether you can give your fish the care, time, and patience that they will need from you. Fish can be a large time and financial commitment because they need special attention and equipment. And since different fish have different needs, a trip to the library, bookstore, or one of many online resources makes a good starting point. Startup cost and fish type. Keeping aquarium fish typically has a fairly high startup cost. This is mostly due to all the equipment needed to provide the fish with a proper environment. Purchasing an aquarium, filters, lights, and other essentials can add up quickly if you are not careful. Fish themselves can range from inexpensive to very expensive for special or rare species. 
for beginning freshwater fish enthusiasts, a typical aquarium startup cost can range from $200 and up, depending on the types of fish and equipment selected. Now, as I said, I, I am going to disagree with some of the things, and this is one of the things that I disagree with. Um, yes, it is true that brand new tanks, brand new tanks are going to cost uh, upwards of $200 and more, um, but you can buy a used aquarium for half of that price. You could buy a used aquarium for half the price of a new aquarium, so... Uh, aquariums or getting your first aquarium does not always have to be expensive. Now, marine saltwater fish and marine tank setups will cost more than freshwater setups. In both cases, the larger the tank, the higher the cost will be. A typical tropical freshwater aquarium can safely support one inch of fish per gallon of water, although this will vary with the amount of water surface area. Most surface area allows more oxygen, which supports more fish. Fish length is calculated at full growing size, less the tail measurement. Some fish are schooling fish, which by nature are more comfortable in bigger groups. Other fish may not like to be in an aquarium with any others of their own species. And if they are territorial, as most marine fish and freshwater fish can be, they will need more room in the aquarium than the average one inch per gallon rule, which, by the way, is, is not true. We'll talk about that on another show. Now, both saltwater and freshwater setups have benefits and drawbacks. Marine fish are more colorful and beautiful, require a higher level of care and expertise. So for a beginning fish enthusiast, a freshwater aquarium is recommended. Freshwater aquariums tend to be easier to maintain than marine aquariums because there are fewer water pressures to worry about. A good way to determine the size and type of aquarium you need to purchase is the idea of what kind of fish you find attractive. That again comes down to going to the local fish stores and looking at the fish and writing down the names of the fish that you guys are interested in. And that way you can know um, if that fish is right for your tank. So find fish that you like and write down the fish's name. Your choice will be further restricted by where you can place the tank in your home and by your budget. But as a general guideline, bigger is better. If you buy a larger aquarium you think, you think you need at first, it gives you room to add more fish later on if you choose to do so. The larger aquarium will also have more water, which can help dilute chemicals or other substances that may pollute the aquarium and cause illness in fish. No matter what size aquarium you choose, be sure that you can locate it somewhere with a level, sturdy support surface and where it is not in danger of being bumped into or knocked over. You should also keep your aquarium away from heater vents, windows, or doors, as these can produce harmful temperature fluctuations. 
Proximity to windows is also not recommended for aquariums because it can allow too much light into the tank. Excess light leads to algae buildup, quickly finding yourself fighting a losing battle. Patience and a nitrogen uh, patience and a nitrogen cycle. Sorry for that one. You may think that because your water starts out fine as you begin your setup, that it will remain that way. Not true. As you add fish to your aquarium, their waste produces harmful chemicals. Fortunately, nature provides a solution in the form of bacteria that break down these toxic chemicals into relatively harmless chemicals. The process nature uses to eliminate toxins from the tank is called the nitrogen cycle. Fish execrate toxic ammonia as part of respiration and decaying fish waste and uneaten food produces additional ammonia. As the nitrogen cycle begins, the ammonia is converted by special kinds of bacteria into nitrites, which are also harmful, and these are then converted into nitrates. Excess nitrates can be controlled through routine water changes. The bacteria required for this process build slowly, slowly on the surface of your filters in gravel or sub substrate, and the process can take up to six weeks starting from the day that you, you first add fish to your aquarium. Developing enough bacteria to maintain the health of your aquarium requires both time and patience on the part of the beginning aquarium hobbyist. You will need time to cycle the aquarium. There are various recommendations on how to accomplish this. The number one rule is to go slowly. This means at first, you may only add some plants. After about two weeks, add a few hardy fish, which are tolerant of changing water conditions. You should start with fewer fish than your aquarium can hold, then add any additional fish over a period of weeks, allowing the ecosystem in the aquarium to readjust, recycle in between. Each step needs to be gradual so that the bacteria has enough time to multiply and break down the increasing amounts of waste products. Now that is just an introduction to the nitrogen cycle and the important aquarium cycle. I will save the discussion on the nitrogen cycle and the aquarium cycle for the next episode of Fish Keeping 101 because that is a show in itself. Yourfishstuff.com is proud to announce that we are having a sale on all of our Seachin products that we stock. Every single Seachin product on our website is 15% off. That's right, all of our Seachin products are 15% off. You can get awesome products like Seachin Prime, Seachin Purigen Filter Media, and Seachin Garlic Guard. All of these products work well for both freshwater and saltwater aquariums. Aqua Alex uses and recommends Seatham Prime for use during setting up a tank, upgrading a tank, and after water changes. He has been using Prime for 10 years and has never had an issue. Aqua Alex uses and recommends Seatham Purigen. His tanks have been crystal clear since the addition of Seatham Purigen in his filters. Garlic Guard helps keep Aqua Alex's salt water puffers, rabbit fish and tangs free of ick and healthy. See what Seachim can do for you. Save 15% off now. 
go to www.yourfishstuff.com forward slash store forward slash seachum. Your fish stuff freeze dried brine shrimp, large cubed brine shrimp that can be broken into smaller sized chunks. Brine shrimps pressed into a cube shaped tree. Large fish can devour it whole, while small fish can pick it apart. Make addition fish for breeding. High quality foods are a must. Brine shrimp is an excellent conditioning food as well as a perfect treat for any fish, fresh water, or salt water. YourFishStuff.com is proud to present to you the aquarium hobbyist, quality, freeze-dried brine shrimp prices. A quarter of a pound is $10.99. A half pound is $20.99. One pound is $39.99. Two pounds is $74.99. And five pounds is $182.99. To see the freeze-dried brine shrimp and all the other freeze-dried fish foods available, go to yourfishstuff.com forward slash freeze-dried or to simply purchase or purchase a freeze-dried brine shrimp, go to yourfishstuff.com forward slash freeze-dried brine shrimp. Okay, so now it's time to discuss my tips for purchasing an aquarium. Figure out what fish you want. Your aquarium setup largely depends upon the types of fish and number of fish you want to keep. You will need to decide whether you want saltwater or freshwater fish and whether you want to keep a cold or tropical aquarium. So, here is my tips for purchasing an aquarium. Once you've figured out what kind of fish that you want, choose your size. Once you know what kinds of fish you are looking to keep and in what quantities, you can decide on how big of an aquarium you're going to need. There is no set rule for tank size, so look into all the fish types you plan on keeping to see how much space they require. Now, the tank sizes I personally recommend for beginners are a 29-gallon, a 40-gallon breeder, a 55-gallon, and 75-gallon. Because these tanks are not so small that if a mistake happens or the water parameters go out of whack, it's not going to affect the fish as fast as a smaller tank would. Plus, these are perfect tanks for beginners because a beginner can um, add the fish that they like to their aquarium. So the perfect tank size, I'd say, for beginners are a 29-gallon, a 49-gallon, a 40-gallon, a 55-gallon, and a 75-gallon. Basically, with the 55-gallon and the 75-gallon, beginners are opening opening the door for having uh, many different species available to them. The bigger, the better. Remember that, folks, when it comes to buying an aquarium, the bigger, the better. The bigger the tank, the less chance of water issues. And in the end, it is very cost-effective to buy a bigger tank rather than buying small tanks and then upgrading as the fish outgrow the smaller tank. It is better just to buy a bigger tank at the end of the day. Trust me, from personal experience, it is better to buy a bigger tank 
at the end of the day. Another thing to do for picking an aquarium is to pick an aquarium or a kind of aquarium that you want. Pick a material. Aquarium tanks are typically either acrylic or glass. Decide which material is right for you based upon what type of setup you want and the conditions in the area where you will keep the tank. Glass tends to scratch less and can better support the weight of the water, fish, and equipment inside the aquarium with a specialized stand. It also will not yellow and is generally cheaper to ship. Acrylic is lighter weight and more difficult to crack or fracture. Acrylic tanks are also easier to mold into different shapes and can more readily be outfitted with an overflow system. Glass tanks are the most common and acrylic tanks seem to be hard to come by nowadays, uh, especially in my area, and at least in my area. Select a stand. If you have an acrylic tank, a stand is necessary. Even with a glass aquarium, you, want a, you may want a stand to bring the aquarium up to eye level and keep it safe within the space. Find a stand that meets your needs. If you have an external filtration system, the stand will often serve to conceal the filter components. Stands come in a variety of sizes and styles to fit different aquariums and looks. Check local aquarium stores and look online to see what is available to you. Now, there are different kinds of aquariums other than glass and acrylic. There are bowfront aquariums. There are oblong aquariums. There are aquariums that are rectangular. There are aquariums that are called half-moon aquariums. There's a wide variety of aquariums. And I'm sure that a lot of you listening to the show have watched the series tanks. But the most common tanks in the aquarium hobby are just the regular plain old square tanks. All right. Now it's time to, to discuss things you should know when it comes time to purchase an aquarium. Look in a shop. Once you know what you want for your tank, it is time to purchase. Checking a local, checking a local shop is always a, great, a good place to start as it allows you to see what shape, sizes, and features are available to you. Bring a tape measurer and measure tanks with stands to ensure they will fit properly in their intended area. Be willing to shop around. Different stores with different focuses will likely have different options. A pet store will have all the things a beginner needs, but more advanced aquarists may benefit from specialized options aquarium stores. Consider bundles. Often tank dealers will bundle certain items such as the tank, stand, lighting, and filtration system. These will have a higher price tag than the tank alone, but will often save you money on your overall tank setup. And I know that Aquion does this. They do a deal with a 75-gallon, a 90-gallon, and I believe a 125-gallon. Um, I've seen all three of those at a fish door once. They have a tank, the stick, the lighting, a hood system, and filtration. I think the 125 was a thousand dollars for that. Um, still not bad, but not too good price either. Also. If you are low on money and you do want to get an equipment, 
but you can afford a brand new aquarium, look for used tanks. When a hobbyist makes the move to a larger aquarium, they will often look to sell their old aquarium. Check local ads in the paper and online to see if there is anyone in your area selling an aquarium in the size range that you want. Now, I've had some positive used aquarium experiences, and I've also had some negative uh, used aquarium experiences. It's all about making the right judgment and asking for pictures and proof that the aquarium holds water because you don't want to be like me going out there, buying a used aquarium, and having a huge flood in my floor because I trusted somebody. So make sure to always ask for proof that the tank is holding water. But I have had many success stories as well. Now, when reviewing these ads, always ask to see what is included. Sometimes a substantial amount of the stuff may be included while other sellers may be offering the tank alone. Nine times out of ten on Craigslist, letgo.com, and even on the Facebook Marketplace, you can find fish tanks everything you need, from the tank to stand, the hood lights, and the filters and the equipment. And sometimes they're at great prices. So always make sure to ask what the tank comes with to make sure that you have a um, clarification of what you are going to uh, be buying. Are you going to be buying the own? Uh, are you going to be buying? Um, a tank on itself, or you're buying an entire aquarium system. That's what you find out by asking as a beginner. Now, for places to buy your aquarium, you have Petco. Now, Petco, uh, every once in a while, I'd say probably four times a year, Petco has a dollar per gallon sale where you can buy a fish tank for a dollar, dollar per gallon. Now, um, so, so, so let's say, for example, you're getting a 40-gallon breeder. You're just going to pay $40 for a brand new tank. Yes, that's right, ladies and gentlemen. $40 for a brand new tank at uh, Petco's dollar per gallon sale. You can also buy aquariums from your local fish store. Um, you can buy aquariums at Walmart. I know that they have 10 gallons, 20 gallons, and 55 gallons. That's about the only thing besides fish food and uh, aquarium-related equipment that I'd buy from Walmart. Stay away from their fish. And also make sure when you are considering buying a fish, uh, fish tank from a store, make sure it has not, not been holding anything in it. But those are generally the places where you could buy a fish tank. Sometimes you can order a tank online, but that is uh, generally very expensive. So I would recommend going to all of the different pet stores in your area and uh, checking out their aquarium selections and find an aquarium that works for you. Okay, so now that we know where to get an aquarium, we must decide whether we want a new or a used aquarium. I will discuss the benefits and drawbacks of each. We'll start with new aquariums. The benefits of new fish tanks. New, which means the tank is as perfect as it can be. It will hold water with absolutely no problems. So you will never need to worry about a leak. With a new tank, unless you, unless somehow you make it crack on the way home, but sparing any tragedy in the car, your new aquarium is going to hold water. You don't have to worry about what chemicals are in the silicone. 
Um, for a used aquarium, sometimes uh, people use all sorts of medications in their aquarium, and there's a medication um, that will actually stain the silicone green. It's a copper medication that is used for fresh water and salt water, and it stains your silicone, and there's no way of getting that out. So you're not going to have that in a new aquarium, but there's always a possibility of that being in a, in a used aquarium. No worries about whether the tank holds water or not, as I said a few moments ago. And you don't have to worry about what was in the aquarium before, like what fish was in there, etc. Drawbacks to drawbacks to a brand new aquarium is the money. New aquariums can be quite costly. However, if you're smart and you buy a new aquarium during the Petco dollar per gallon sale, you have outweighed the drawbacks. And you have to buy all new equipment with a new aquarium, so you're going to be spending a pretty penny on a new aquarium with new equipment. But the good outweighs the bad for a new aquarium. I personally would recommend a new aquarium for beginners. Used aquariums, the benefits of a used aquarium, they're usually much, much lower prices than a new aquarium, generally about half the price of a a new aquarium. It usually comes with all equipment needed for aquarium, and sometimes you will get free equipment and free fish with the aquarium. Now, I would tell beginners for all used aquariums, offer one dollar per gallon because the tank is not in new condition. So, for a used 55 gallon, I'd offer $55 for the tank. Probably about another 20 for the stand, another 20 for the hood and lights. So don't over don't overpay for a used aquarium. Some of these prices that I see on Craigslist are ridiculous. Um, the other day I came across an ad on Craigslist for a 125 gallon for 650 dollars. I could buy a brand new 125 for that price. So remember, folks, if you're going to be buying a used aquarium, you should always go with a dollar per gallon for a used tank because you don't know if you're going to have to reseal it or what's been in the silicone, etc. Now, here's the drawbacks to uh, buying a used aquarium. You're not sure if the tank is going to hold water. You're not sure if you're going to have a huge leak. You're not sure what was in the aquarium, and you don't know how old the aquarium is. Those are the three drawbacks to buying a used aquarium. But I've had a lot of success buying um, used aquariums, and I've also had a couple of uh, bad experiences with used aquariums. Now, I'll start with the good used aquariums that I bought. I bought in two 55-gallon used aquariums, never had a problem with them. They held water for years, so I'm very grateful that those tanks worked out. But I bought a 125-gallon off of somebody. He said that the tank held water, and I put it on a stand, and I filled it up the same day, and I let it hold water for a day, but it did not hold water at all. That water was on the basement floor. So that tank leaked, and I was lied to and I lost money because I believed that that tank held water. The same thing can be said um, for a 75-gallon tank I bought. That tank busted and broke. Literally, glass fell apart from that tank. Um, so 
two good experiences and two bad experiences, but the good outweigh the bad, in my opinion. My two good experiences were awesome, and I will continue to buy a used aquarium, but I buy a used aquarium with vigilance now. However, used tanks are good for when money is tight and you need to upgrade. There are some great tanks out there that are used. You just have to be vigilant and ask questions, ask for pictures and proof it holds water, and ask to see the silicone scenes and things like that, because then you'll be able to see the condition of the tank and make a judgment call. All right, now here is discussion on what to look for when deciding on getting a used tank. Here are things to look for when getting a used aquarium. The things to look for in buying a used fish tank are very simple. Don't buy a tank with broken glass. If someone is willing to give you a tank with one broken pane and you are up to repairing it, then great. But don't spend money on a broken one. Don't buy tanks with chipped corners. Glass can and will run from a chip. This That is not to say that you can't get by with a chip, but don't pay good money just to wake up one morning to a wet living room full of dead fish and broken glass. If you do have a tank with a chip, take some emery cloth and buff all of the edges of the chip so that it cannot run. Nice thing is, when buying a used aquarium, you get all of the accessories that you would have had to pay extra for had you bought it at the store. Avoid bare tanks. When you have to spend money on lighting, filtration, gear, etc., you're going to be out some serious money. Most people who have a tank have the accessories. The only tanks that I have seen without any are tanks that were used for snakes or hamsters or other small animal tanks. I bought three tanks from a fellow with all the accessor- accessories, and as I was leaving, he asked me if I wanted a canister filter. He gave me a Magnum 350 Deluxe with all the parts in working order for free. When you get home, and when you get home, take a look at the aquarium. Take a long, careful look at the condition of the silicone. Make sure after wiping it out that the silicone is not brittle and turning yellow. All right, we're going to take a quick intermission. Let's relax our minds with two great songs and some important announcements for the Aquatic Wetline during the intermission. I've been talking for 55 minutes straight, and I think it's time to relax my mind and you, my listeners' mind, with two awesome rock music and two awesome rock songs and some um, important announcements for the Aquatic Wetline. Coming up next here on the Aquatic Wetline, I'm going to have a discussion on equipment for your aquarium, a discussion on substrate and decoration, a discussion on setting up the aquarium, and a discussion on research and why research is important, and a discussion on the newest segment that's going to air on every Fishkeeping 101, and that segment is um, Aqua Alicus Seems to Know as a Beginner. So coming up next discussion on equipment, substrate, why research is important, and Aqua Alex's things to know as a beginner. This the continue this episode sorry, I'm all confused tonight. This episode of Aquatic Wetline and the debut of Fishkeeping 101 continues right after this intermission. 
tropical fish keeping is a live artwork that combines beauty and nature all in one enclosed system. Tropical fish keeping is one of the most popular hobbies in the world. Many people feel that keeping an aquarium reduces stress and blood pressure and is a good soothing experience for the mind and soul to watch and take care of fish. Aqua Alex
Wetline is brought to you by YourFishStuff.com. YourFishStuff.com provides hobbyists with quality homemade fish food and aquarium supplies. The Your Fish Stuff difference. Buy direct and save. Buy direct from Your Fish Stuff. No middleman, no food masses produced by large corporations, no food sitting around in warehouses. Just fresh, healthy food from your fish stuff to you. Quality ingredients like fish meal, shrimp, squid, kelp, spirulina, and corella algae. Doesn't cloud water. And all of their fish food is made fresh, crafted in small batches, hobbyists owned and operated. And all of their fish food is made right here in the good old U.S. of A. 
So check out YourFishStuff.com for quality fish food and aquarium equipment such as nets, filters, medications, and more. That's www.YourFishStuff.com, a proud sponsor of Aquatic Wetlines. Bring the splendor of the tropics into your home or office with an Aqua Dreams Aquarium. For over 23 years, Aqua Dreams has provided expertise and products to assist clients in making their dream tank a reality. Select exotic, colorful fish, throw coral reefs, and learn about their care from our expert staff. Join delighted saltwater aquarium enthusiasts already enjoying galleries of exotic fish, colorful coral, and crystal clear water. Visit Aqua Dreams Retail Showroom featuring Red Sea Max Aquarium, located on Route 57, Feeding Hills. Starting on our 400th episode, Aqua Alex will be hosting a segment called Ask Aqua Alex a Tropical Fish Keeping Question. I will be answering your fish keeping questions. They can be on anything aquatic, from freshwater to saltwater. Whether it's a question about a new fish you purchased, or a question on feeding, or the health of your fish, I'll answer them all. Please submit any and all of your tropical fish questions to the new Aquatic Wetline email, aquaalex at mail.com. Again, that's aquaalex at Fish Keepers, I, Aqua Alex, am proud to announce that I have a treat for you on Friday, May 12, 2017, at 9 p.m. Eastern, 8 p.m. Central, 7 p.m. Mountain, and 6 p.m. Pacific, right here on Aquatic Wetline, the Fish Keepers Podcast. Nature artist, tropical fish keeping hobbyist, a man with a lot of tropical fish knowledge, and a good friend of mine, Mr. Sam Garcia Jr., returns as a honorary guest to discuss the ethics of tropical fish keeping, what to do and what not to do. This should be a good listen. So join Sam Garcia Jr. live on Aquatic Wetline as he takes the floor and gives a good speech on the ethics of fish keeping on Friday, May 12th at 9 p.m. Eastern, 8 p.m. Central, 7 p.m. Mountain, and 6 p.m. Pacific on Aquatic Wetline, the Fish Keepers Podcast. On Saturday, June 3rd, 2017, Aquatic Wetline reaches yet another milestone that nobody thought was possible. Aqua Alex and YourFishStuff.com proudly present to you Aquatic Wetline's 400th episode celebration. That's right, folks. Aquatic Wetline celebrates its 400th episode on June 3rd. There will be three awesome guests. Our first guest will be the owner of Beantown Aquatics, 
Andre Fretz, who will be here to discuss African cichlids for the first time. Our second guest will be the owner of a fancy goldfish and tropical fish business called Coast Gem USA. And the final guest is a man who helped Aquatic Wetline get its name out there, crayfish man James Jones will be here to talk about his water change maintenance and some new information on crayfish. Plus, hear Aqua Alex discuss information on nasal tangs, orange shoulder tangs, lungfish, wolffish, and other cool oddball fish. Aqua Alex will also answer tropical fish keepers questions and some more fish keeping celebration topics will occur on this very special episode. Join Aquatic Rutline for its historic 400th episode live Saturday, June 3rd, 2017 at 9 p.m. Eastern, 8 p.m. Central, 7 p.m. Mountain, and 6 p.m. Pacific. 400 episodes! Woo! Hey, yeah, this is the Aquatic Wetline, a tropical fish-keeping show brought to you by Aqua Alex in Springfield, Massachusetts. Let's get back to the tropical fish chat right now. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to a very special episode of Aquatic Wetline. Tonight we are debuting the so far, before intermission, we talked about tips for getting into the aquarium hobby and tips for purchasing an aquarium. Don't worry if you're just tuning in now. You can listen to the first half of today's show when this show archives. So, right now, we're going to continue our discussion because I'm going to have a discussion on aquarium equipment you're going to need, substrate, decor, and some other information that is going to be helpful to you, the beginner fish keeper. So let's get started. So here is the equipment that's going to be needed for fish tanks. Filters. Now there are a variety of filters out there that you can use for your aquarium. You've got a hang in the back filter which is a filter that simply hangs on the back of your aquarium and you plug it in. You've got a canister filter, which is one of the filters that you can uh, hang under your stand and plug in as well. And you also have a sponge filter. Now I'm going to talk about all three of these kinds of filters on the next episode of Fish Keeping 101. I'm also going to explain the uh, scientific things behind the filters and the chemicals and biological things behind these filters uh, on the next episode of um, Fish Keeping 101. But for beginners, hang on the back filters are best for beginners. Over filtration is recommended and is very awesome in the fish keeping hobby. But again, we'll talk about all that stuff on our next episode of Fish Keeping 101. Heaters. 
are needed to keep your aquarium at a steady temperature of 72 degrees to uh, 78 degrees Fahrenheit for most tropical fish. However, if you're going to be keeping goldfish, you don't need a heater. Lights, hoods. So that's your basic equipment. Filters, heaters, lights, and hoods. And uh, the addition of air pumps and air stones, those are optional, but they do look nice in an aquarium. So let's talk about substrate now. Aquarium substrate has various functions and should be chosen according to the type of tank. For example, freshwater, planted, fish only, reef, saltwater, etc. In general, the substrate provides the fish with an orientation. Glass bottoms can irritate the fish, especially if the light is being reflected from the fixture on top of the tank. Next to orientation and a more natural look, the substrate is breeding and colonizing grounds for the beneficial bacteria and other microscopic life forms. The substrate for a fish-only aquarium serves the purpose of providing a surface for the beneficial bacteria to build colonies. With today's filter technology, the size of the gravel doesn't actually matter, but it is recommended to use a finer gravel if bottom feeders are home in the tank. The substrate should be about two to two and a half inches in height, or roughly 10 pounds of substrate for approximately 150 square inches of tank surface. Deeper layers, especially with finer gravel sizes, can pose a danger given the fact that food particles will sink into a less oxygenated area. This will over time produce hydrant sulfite, which is a rotten egg smell, which is highly toxic for the fish. So here are the types of aquarium substrates that are out there for beginners. You've got your common aquarium gravel, probably the most used substrate for aquariums. The gravel comes in fine or more coarse varieties and consists almost entirely of quartz. It is safe to use and does not influence the water parameters at all. This gravel is suited for fish-only aquariums and as a top layer for planted aquariums. Regular maintenance by vacuuming the gravel is a must in order to remove uneaten food particles. Now, common aquarium gravel can be used in both freshwater and saltwater. However, 95% of it, it is more common in freshwater. Sand. In combination with a good filtration system, sand can be the cleanest substrate of all. Sand will compact itself, and food particles cannot penetrate the surface. A strong filtration system will simply remove the particles from the surface. In many cases, the filter intake tube will have to be ingested in order to avoid the sand being pulled inside the filter. With good filtration in place, the sand does not have to be cleaned as frequently as compared to common aquarium gravel. Sand as a substrate would also provide a more natural habitat for many species and bottom dwellers. Two rather cheap sources of sand are sandblasting sand, which is more coarse than regular sand and mostly consists of quartz. 
and place hand, which has a finer um, consistency. Place hand is sterilized for the good of our children and therefore suitable for the fish as well. To calculate the amount of sand needed, multiply in inches the length times width times depth of the sand you would like. The result divided by 20 will give you the approximate quantity needed in pounds for sand. Aragonite. Aragonite is a calcium carbonate mineral. Aragonite sand holds a lasting reservoir of calcium carbonate, which is slowly but constantly released to buffer and to hold up the pH. Using aragonate can push your pH to about 8.2. The released calcium is a valued trace element for corals and overall functionality of the aquarium. Aragonite sand can be mixed with live sand or crushed corals. Due to the pH rising character, it is suited for saltwater and reef systems only. You cannot use aragonite, uh, aragonite in freshwater tanks. Aragonite is for saltwater and is often sold by Carib Sea. Crushed corals. This substrate was a long-time favorite before the use of aragonite, sharing the same values and providing buffers to stabilize and enhance the pH. Crushed corals usually push the pH up to 7.6. Most com commercially available crushed corals are mixed with aragonite or similar calcareous materials such as dolomite and calcite which are similar to aragonite. Crushed corals and the mixtures thereof are suited for marine, reef, brackish water, and African cichlids in fresh water. So salt water, reef tanks, brackish water, and African cichlids are all fine with crushed coral as their substrate. You could also do a bare bottom tank if you are a person that dislikes natural, easy-looking things, you can do a bare bottom, but that is uh, um, something that is reserved for specialty fish that require perfect water conditions. But hey, a beginner can also have bare bottom. Now, I personally think the best substrate for beginners would be sand because sand is easier to clean. However, a beginner will have no problem whatsoever with gravel. So a beginner can use sand or gravel. Now beginners do not use crushed coral or aragonite unless you have a saltwater aquarium. So again, do not use crushed corals or aragonite unless you have a saltwater or African cichlid tank. Yourfishstuff.com freeze-dried plankton. Plankton is a bite-sized treat with a big punch for any freshwater or saltwater fish. All natural, tasty for fish. Enhances color and is remarkably healthy. All add up to one serious snack. Plankton's unique nutritional qualities make it an almost perfect food for many fish. An excellent source of not natural as toxin. It will bring out the natural colors of your fish. It's high in protein and highly unsaturated fatty acid content promotes good health and conditioning. Nutritionally comparable to its larger cousin, krill. 
all types of fish enjoy plankton. This Pacific Ocean relative of the shrimp is a crustacean, which is a part of many fish's natural diet. Now you can find freeze-dried plankton at yourfishstuff.com forward slash freeze-dried. For a quarter pound, $10.99. For a half pound, $18.99. One pound, $38.99. Two pounds, $79.99. And five pounds, $199.99. Your Fish Stuff Freeze-Dried Krill. YourFishStuff.com are quite proud of their freeze-dried krill, as it is some of the finest krill you'll ever see. Freshly dried and packed, it comes straight to your door. It is one of YourFishStuff.com's most popular fish food, and for good reason, as our freeze-dried krill has unique nutritional qualities that make it a perfect food for many tropical fish. An excellent source of nutritional acetoxin will bring out the natural colors of your fish. And its high protein, lipid, and mineral content promote good health and conditioning. Harvested from the clean, cool waters of Antarctica and dried here in the United States of America, you will not find a higher quality krill. All types of fish enjoy krill, from freshwater to saltwater, cichlids to koi. This Antarctica Ocean relative of the shrimp is a crustacean, which is a part of many fish's natural diet. It can be taken whole by larger fish or crushed by hand for smaller fish. YourFishStuff.com is proud to provide fish keepers with quality freeze-dried krill. Prices. A quarter of a pound of freeze-dried krill, $9.99. A half pound is $17.99. One pound is $34.99. Two pounds is $67.99. And five pounds is $159.99. You can find the freeze-dried krill in the freeze-dried food section of yourfishstuff.com or simply go to www.yourfishstuff.com forward slash freeze-dried krill. Okay, so since we talked about substrate, in an aquarium. Let's talk about decor. Now decor is very simple. It is up to the individual fish keeper. Now for decor, um, you can add rocks that you get outside. Um, if you do get rocks from outside though, you do want to bring them in the house and boil them for about a half hour or 45 minutes. Boiling these rocks will uh, kill any parasites or any other stuff that we don't want in our aquarium. So you can go pick up rocks from outside, uh, any rocks that are regular rocks and not something that has chemicals or anything like that. For example, you, you would not put a brick in your aquarium, a regular rock. Uh, you can get them in your backyard, at the park, um, or even at a riverbed or if you live by a pond, you can get some by the pond. But please make sure that you uh, boil them inside your house 
for 45 minutes to, or excuse me, for 30, 30 minutes to 45 minutes. Then let them cool and wash them out in the tub and then place them in your aquarium. Now, there are plenty of commercial, commercially available fish tank decors. You've got plastic plants. You've got driftwood. You've got skulls and um, caves. You've got holy rock, live rock, sea life rock. I mean, the, uh, the amount of decor available at Petco, PetSmart, and fish stores are virtually endless. So as long as it's uh, as long as it's fish safe, meaning it's safe for aquariums, you can use it in your aquarium. So that's my speech on decor. All right, let's talk about setting up your aquarium. Now that we have our aquarium, we have the equipment, we have the substrate. Now it's time to set up the aquarium. So first, we have to choose the location and area where we will be putting the aquarium. So first choose the location and area where you will want to put your aquarium and stand. Make sure it is not close to sunlight as you will deal with constant allergy problems. Make sure that the location you choose is sturdy and firm and can hold weight. Place the stand on the location you want evenly. Then place the aquarium on top of the stand and make sure they are both even. Then, once you think the tank and stand is even, add your substrate and decor. Add your heater and your filter, and if you are going to be using an air stone and an air pump, add that to the tank. Plug in your, or excuse me, not yet, not yet, not yet, you'll cause a fire. After you've added your equipment, fill in your tank with water. So fill your fish tank with water after you've added your decor and your substrate. Then plug in your electrical equipment and place the hood and light on top of the aquarium. So again, I'll go over it really quickly so that you guys are not confused because I, I know I messed up here. Mistake. So you're going to um, first choose the location and area where you will want to put your aquarium and stand. Again, make sure it's not close to sunlight. And make sure that the location you choose is sturdy and firm and can hold weight. Place the stand on the location you want. Then place the aquarium on top of the stand and make sure they're both even. Add your substrate and decor. Add your filter and heater and your equipment. Fill your tank with water. And then plug in your electrical equipment. Place your hood and light on top of the aquarium. Now, after you have your tank set up with water and the equipment and the hood and light on, Add a product called Prime to help kickstart the cycle. Seachem Prime. This is a uh, bacteria that actually will help kickstart your cycle. So add a product called Prime to your tank. On our next episode of Fish Keeping 101, I'll explain to you why you should, why you should use Prime and what Prime is. Do not add any fish or live animals to your tank now that it's set up. At this point, we are getting your, the water ready and safe for your tropical fish. So don't add any live fish or animals in this aquarium for about a week or two. On our next episode, we'll begin talking about getting the tank ready for fish and the best fish to add first. So don't add any fish now. Let your aquarium cycle for a little bit. All right. 
And finally, our last topic for tonight, Aqua Alex's things to know. Research is important. I said at the beginning of the show, research is very, 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 very important. Do your research. Avoid costly mistakes. Have fun in the hobby by researching things and finding out things you need to know to prevent you from making the costly mistakes millions of people have made. Join Facebook fish groups. Um, the Facebook fish groups are going to help you uh, answer your questions and teach you things you need to know as a fish keeper, as we discussed earlier. So check out Fish and Aquarium Discussion Group, Tropical Fish Keepers of Aquatic Wetline, and some other wonderful um, fish groups out there. Check out your local mom-and-pop fish store. They'll answer your questions. Watch YouTube fish keeping videos. Um, one of the best ways to get interested in the aquarium hobby and get some more respect and love for the aquarium hobby is to simply sit back, watch, and relax YouTube fish keeping videos. That's one of my favorite things to do during my off time when I'm not on the air or when I'm not scheduling a show. I like to watch YouTube fish videos. So always uh, keep your eye on YouTube fish videos because um, you may see a fish that you like and you may learn something from a YouTube video. Channels like Mass Aquariums, MA Fish Guy, um, Inappropriate Reaper, and some of the other YouTubers, they also provide a lot of information with their channel. So always make sure to watch YouTube fish keeping videos. Also, go with the largest aquarium that you can. The bigger, the better. Remember that. The famous saying in life, the bigger, the better. Well, the bigger is the better in terms of the aquarium hobby. That's right, folks. The bigger, the better. If you have any questions or need help, please feel free to email me, aquaalex at mail.com. Again, beginners, if you have any questions or need any help, please email me, aquaalex at mail.com. All lowercase letters. I will be honored and happy to help you along the way to success here in the fish keeping hobby, and I'd be happy and honored to answer any of your tropical fish questions. Okay, what a wonderful start to this series. This was a good show. Despite me being off my game a little bit, there was still a lot of information that was shared on today's show. What a wonderful debut for Fish Keeping 101. We're going to take uh, our final commercial, and we're going to come back and wrap up the show, ladies and gentlemen. Start spreading the news. Chef Alex is back and better than ever. It brings me joy in telling you that Chef Cardinali Cooking Show is relaunching and returning on May 6, 2017. Come be a part of what will be the most successful cooking podcast once again. Go to www.blogtalkradio forward slash Chef Cardinali Cooking Show. This will be your one spot to get the latest cooking trends and delicious recipes. To all the fish keepers who like to cook, now you know what cooking podcast to check out. I'm Chef Alex and I approve this message.
Aquatic Wetline is brought to you by YourFishStuff.com. YourFishStuff.com provides hobbyists with quality homemade fish food and aquarium supplies. The Your Fish Stuff difference. Buy direct and save. Buy direct from Your Fish Stuff. No middleman, no food masses produced by large corporations, no food sitting around in warehouses. Just fresh, healthy food from your fish stuff to you. Quality ingredients like fish meal, shrimp, squid, kelp, spirulina, and corella algae. Doesn't cloud water. And all of their fish food is made fresh, crafted in small batches, hobbyists owned and operated. And all of their fish food is made right here in the good old U.S. of A. So check out YourFishStuff.com for quality fish food and aquarium equipment such as nets, filters, medications, and more. That's www.YourFishStuff.com, a proud sponsor of Aquatic Wetlines. Fishkeeping 101, we're going to talk about water chemistry, cycling an aquarium, and adding fish. Now we're going to, on Fishkeeping 101 Part 2, we're going to have a discussion on the different filtration systems. And as you know, water chemistry applies. We're going to have a discussion on the aquarium cycle. We're going to have a discussion on adding fish. And we're going to have a discussion on good first choice beginner fish. So again, Fishkeeping 101, Episode 2, a discussion on the different filtrations, a discussion on the aquarium cycle, a discussion on adding fish, and a discussion on good first choice beginner fish. Well, that's all for tonight's episode of Aquatic Wetline. I hope that this was a very helpful and informal show for you, the beginning and future fish keepers. I hope with today's show and the future episodes of Fishkeeping 101, you will avoid big mistakes and will be a successful fishkeeper of the future. I ask anyone and everyone listening to the show to please share this episode on social media so that other future and current fishkeepers can listen to this show. It is simple to do. One way to do it is to copy and paste the show episode URL to your social media websites, or if you are listening from the Blog Talk Radio page, simply click on any of the social media icons right next to the show, the show media player. I value your listen and want to thank you for tuning into the show tonight. So, let's all enjoy our new aquariums. And get ready to cycle our aquarium and add fish. I'm Aqua Alex. This is Fishkeeping 101, live on Aquatic Wetline. And we say good night. Take on, everyone. Peace out. Aqua Alex is out of here, players.
This episode of the Aquatic Wetline has concluded. Aqua Alex thanks you for listening to his show. Please check out Aquatic Wetline Fishkeeping Podcast on Facebook and hit like for tropical fish facts and more. Feel free to reach Aqua Alex at AquaticWetline at Outlook.com with any tropical fish questions. Your questions may make the show. Good night.